All right, guys, I am so excited for our next guest. Her name is Lex. I follow her on Instagram. It is at Lex Nico. She is a pop culture queen. I feel like we're on the same wavelength. She also has a podcast, One Last Thing, and it's incredible, a lot of mental health, but also pop culture. She's a Canadian queen, and I'm very excited to have her. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here and talk. <laughs> so, I could talk to you all day long, so now we're just doing it. On the record. Exactly, exactly. So you can swear. You're allowed to swear. My followers are used uh, to hearing cuss words. Fucking right. Thank you. <laughs> so <laughs> we've been trying to plan this for a little bit, and you actually just told me that you've gone to the Hills after show, because, of course, you're from Canada. I almost said Canada. Right. I just want you to know I almost said Canada. Uh, <laughs> you're Canadian. But I know you've gone to the after show. What was that like? Because I've never seen an episode of the after show. Okay, so the Hills after show was a huge deal in Toronto. Like when this show was at its peak, you would be waiting outside in the cold to try and like get a ticket and get access. And one of my girlfriends worked for the company that owned the network that owned MTV Canada and she got us in a couple of times and it was just the biggest production like there was it was in like a a, a live theater like where people would wow. go to a live concert so it was jam-packed um Dan and now I can't remember the girl's name and of course I I should have researched this before and now it's escaping me but his co-host she had the long red hair I'm gonna look it up but the two of them were electric like even in the commercial breaks you could just tell that they were seriously friends they got on so well it was just it was so fun to go all of the time like you have a couple drinks before you're a little bit buzzing and then you go sit and you just laugh for like two hours of this taping. Were any of the cast members there when you went? One of the tapings I went to, Whitney Port was there and just looking at photos, it's like so iconically early 2000s. She has her hair up. I'll send you these after, but she has her hair like pulled back in this updo and it's so dramatic and it's just funny. We even got dressed up to go. Like, you were never on the show in the audience where we were sitting, but you would get dressed up. It was a whole production. And to think now our entire culture is like sneakers and sweatpants and giant giant hoodies. It's such a culture shock to look back, but I loved every second of it. What was your go-to 2000s look? Like if you could bring something back, what would your look be? Oh man, it would definitely be like a halter tank top with a thick brown belt and jeans and like you know just like really bad thin eyebrows <laughs> the side bangs were always going always. I wish I had them now I like, still have them a little I'm trying to I grow them it. out I miss it's a look I miss flare jeans and etne sneakers etne sneakers oh. were like my whole life <laughs> Oh my God. It's actually, I was going to make a TikTok and I went back and I looked at like all of the outfits that I used to wear at that time. And it's like everything. It's those halter tops. It's, I don't know if you ever heard of those sky tops that all the housewives would wear and they had like a bedazzled center. They were so embarrassing, like flowy tops that you would belt. <laughs> so like a going out top? Going out top, yes! <laughs> With your flared jeans because... You couldn't have enough flow or flair in one outfit. And even your hair would flip out at the bottom, like. Yes. Oh my gosh, totally. We were ready. We were ready for anything. To take on the world, Kelly. Oh my goodness. So were you a Hills Laguna watcher? I was a Hills Laguna watcher. Very intense, dedicated fan. This is what I need. This is what I like. I know I've done a rebrand, okay, but Laguna still has my whole heart. So Okay. And so I had a question for you. So let's chat, but I, I have a question I wanted to pose for you as well. Yeah, I don't absolutely. Know this about you. So I want to know what your opinion, I'm very curious what your opinion is on the final scene of The Hills, you know, when Brody's on the lot and then it's left up for interpretation. I was always, I was waiting to ask you this. And if you've talked about it before, I'm sorry, but no, I need to fine. know. Honestly, I was just so betrayed. I was so deeply hurt. Because I, I mean, everyone was like, it's fake, it's fake. And I'm like, guys, it's not that fake. Like, I was just in complete denial. And then I was right. like, 
oh my god, you can't believe everything you see. (laughs) I just remember it was such a crisis for me. And I'm pretty sure I cried about it. But then I was also like, wait, so Kristen's not going to Paris. So she's going to be with Brody. Like, it just like, like, oh, thank goodness. It didn't click until I was like, fuck, it's fake. (laughs) Okay, so I loved that ending. And I loved that it was like, was it real? Was it fake? Like, I, I have this internal complex with Siesta Key right now because oh. I, it just, I understand and I watch it from time to time, but I'm like, it's just not the same. Like, these kids in Laguna, like, Laguna Beach and the Hills were pioneers. Like, yeah. it was before the internet, really, like, before social media, and now there's this whole formula with Siesta Key that it feels so fake, even from the beginning, but I loved when the hills ended that they were like, is it fake? Is it not? We'll never tell. But like it was, but it felt real at the time. You know, I haven't rewatched the finale since it aired. So, uh, and that's usually what I do. Like I go episode by episode on the podcast. So I'm sure when I get there and rewatch it, I'll be like, okay, it's cool. It's like, I'm not mad at them anymore. It's been long enough. (laughs) It it might be cathartic for you by the time you get there. I would always go to Ledu. So I had a girlfriend who lived in LA during that time. She was going to Pepperdine. And every summer I would come for two weeks and we'd go to Ledu. And like Brody was always there and Frankie and like Elsie and Lo. They would all be there in their little booth at Ledu. And it was always so scary when you saw them in real life, <laughs> like shaking. And Audrina. Brody is the most beautiful man I've ever seen in real life. I, I will never forget that. I believe that. And honestly, I think it's a sin that I never got to go to Lay I'm telling you that. So still, again, we can have another podcast another day. But like that time of celebrities was like my favorite time that, that I have so much nostalgia for it. Like I would go to Lay and you'd see Paris Hilton standing behind the DJ booth or Lindsay Lohan and Samantha Ronson coming out of the bathroom. And you're just like, where am I? <laughs> I love that. No, we can talk about that now. Like I love yes. that. So I've got some real stories. <laughs> I've always heard that the Hills filmed while they do was actually closed were they filming when you saw them no they were partying so I'm curious if they like let them party for free because they filmed so much there like if you know again it was probably to their benefit like we wanted to go there because we wanted to see them and it was the cool place to go so I bet it was very unique because there was the inside but the outside was where all the booths were and they had their own separate booths all of the time and they would just stand around smoking and drinking, but they would actually hang out together. And there was more people, but it was a, it was a whole scene. The idea of seeing Lauren Conrad like out of her mind drunk just makes me so happy and giddy. I can't lie. I know. See, she was always reserved though. She was like the girl that was sitting in the booth on top of the the sofa, like just observing, but never messy. Ugh. Audrina, Audrina would have some cocktails. She would leave and her hair would be a little messy. (laughs) I love it. I love it. It kind of bums me out about Lauren because you know that that's who she'd be. Like you're already, you know it. (laughs) It's not even a surprise. And it's not like I don't even have like some hot take on it because that's who she was. (laughs) Sitting in the corner, observing. (laughs) Brody Jenner. What do you think of Brody Jenner? Because I have some opinions on Brody Jenner and I'm just curious what you think. Maybe about Brody Jenner 2020, not 2006, 2007 Brody Jenner when he was like, I mean, he's still very attractive, but. He's still beautiful, but I don't, now he just irritates me to be perfectly honest. Like, (laughs) I'm just like, you're dating blonde model after model after model. Like he's a bit of a Peter Pan. That's what I call him. That's what I call him. Yes. One mind. <laughs> I call him Brody Peter Pan Jenner, and he's the guy who always asks, where's my hug? Yes! Oh, my God! Ah! Steps out in his trucker hat of his Jeep, and he's like, where's my hug? Oh, you're so right. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, you're, you're not going to give me a hug? Are you mad at me? Where's my hug? So manipulative. Yes. So I am on board. I, I'm, still, I'm still confused with what happened with his wife. 
you know, uh, the influencer. And then she was dating Miley Cyrus. Apparently, they always had an open relationship. Okay. And it sounded like Brody wanted it to be a lot more open than she did. Right. And didn't she want, on the Hills reboot, didn't she want to start a family? Yeah, but I don't know how true that is. Okay, so you think that was storyline? Yeah, I think everything on the reboot is a storyline. Because <laughs> is that? Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't make it through. I didn't watch the whole thing, admittedly. So OG Laguna, right? You're watching original Laguna. Who would you say was like your favorite cast member? Okay, I went through phases. I really loved LC. And I always was like, because the thing was, I went through one wave where I was like, she's so annoying. She's such a needy friend. But I, I was like, she's just loyal. And once she's just mature. And the way that she communicated it was immature because they were so young. So I always had like a complex with Lauren, but I loved her. But phases I went through with Lo um, and Kristen for sure. Um, Kristen, I love to hate. And then sometimes when I was hating on LC, I was like loving Kristen, but <laughs> I'm, I'm a girl's girl in the sense that like it, those relationships appealed to me more than the romantic relationships. Um, so I, agree. I always was more tapped into the girls and their emotional connections. I actually agree with that. I agree with that a lot. And I guess it's funny because people would be like, oh, were you like team Kristen or Lauren when it comes to Steven? I'm like, honestly, I love just watching like Lo and Lauren be stupid together. And then I love like Jessica, (laughs) Alex and Kristen. Like, I don't know what that says about me, but. (laughs) No, I'm the same way. It's like I preferred those scenes or like when they're sitting in the backyard around the table, because I feel like it made me it reminded me of my friends and myself. Mm -hmm. And so that's like, I saw myself in them. Yeah, for sure. I loved Elsie. She just, even if she evolved past Laguna and the Hills, like the winged eyeliner, all of her brands, she's just, she did it right. In my opinion, Mm -hmm. she stepped out of the spotlight, but still maintained her lifestyle-ness shifted through the wave of social media and how everything changed really, really effortlessly. It's actually pretty interesting. I know. And then she sent James Charles in an empty PR box by accident. <laughs> Let me put that in quotations. Just so everybody knew she was selling makeup. I'm like, you're so smart. Oh, my God. Um, and someone was like, you really think she'd do that for PR? I'm like, yeah, I do. Yes. She sent it to the one person who's going to blow her up. Yeah, I think so. And he called out everything. Like, he just called out the Instagram update on TikTok this week. But the, the last thing I'll say about Elsie is, to this day, I would be scared to cross her. Oh, yeah. I would never cross her. I think she could be a cold, stone cold bitch. <laughs> I mean, I really do. I agree. That's why, like, when I post about her, I'm like, I love Lauren. <laughs> I'm like, no, I only said you're annoying as a joke. (laughs) Love a good caveat. A good little asterisk in there. (laughs) Exactly. So one thing that I really love about your podcast is you talk a lot about mental health and how important it is to take care of yourself, how important, you know, just it is to talk about. And I try and do that to a point, but then I'm also like, I'm not there yet. I can't get into it. So... I know you just moved from Canada to L.A. L.A., right? Yes, yeah. How has that move been for you? I would say that's one question I actually get a lot because I moved from Massachusetts to Tennessee. So I was kind of curious, you know, how are you dealing with it, especially around the holidays, especially with COVID going on? Moving, it's actually funny. Like, I hate moving, and my mom always jokes that for somebody who hates moving so much, I've done it just like – in Toronto, I've moved apartment buildings and things like that. Like, I have commitment issues or something. But moving here, I honestly was so excited. I've wanted to move here and live here for a really long time. And the fact that it's, like, finally becoming a reality. And I had this opportunity to house it for a friend while they were in Canada filming a show. It all just sort of came together super organically. And I was like, you know what? I am going to do it. I'm just going to go for it. Um And the travel and the moving and everything was totally fine. I felt very safe on the plane. But to your point of, like, mental wellness and friends and family, like, I did not realize how much I would miss my family and my, like, 
day-to-day friends, even though we weren't seeing each other all of the time because of quarantine, but just like knowing that I could jump in a car and drive a half hour to my parents' house and sit in the backyard on a Sunday, like that was something I didn't place as much emphasis on as I should have because I can't believe that I can't do that now. Like I miss it so much, which is, it surprised me. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. And I always say technology helps, but sometimes it makes it harder. Like there was a point where my friends were like FaceTiming me into parties and I was like, please stop, please. I can't like, (laughs) I'm not there. (laughs) Yes. You're like, it's not the same. It's Um, not. I know my friends had a birthday party. Um, a couple of weeks ago for a friend, they had like a small get together before Toronto went backwards in lockdown, but they didn't tell me until after because they were like, we knew that you would be upset and start crying. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, uh-huh, noted. So LC came out. <laughs> it's like, if you move, just prepare yourself because things are going to make you sad that you did not expect. A hundred percent. Like... Even sometimes if I call my mom and so I have this thing, I do like fajita Mondays and I make fajitas and it's my night at home and I call my mom and we catch up and it's like when we hang up, I am so sad because I'm just like, I just miss my mom so much. But I also, I remind myself that I'm so lucky to have those relationships and to have that time um, to spend with my family and like those types of friends that you miss each other so much. And I'm really, really grateful for that. So those reminders are how I try to counter the sadness. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome to say. I, I agree with that. Um, I put up a questionnaire for people to ask for either unsolicited advice, which I love. I love unqualified advice. <laughs> and one of the questions was, you know, obviously we are still in a pandemic and this specific person wants to tell their family they don't want to go to Thanksgiving, but they don't know how to tell them. Do you have any unqualified advice for them? Oh, man, (laughs) that is a tough one. I say just do it. Just tell them. You just got to tell them. I know. You have to rip the Band-Aid and you have to tell them. And I think that they should feel entirely empowered to say, listen, I am nervous. I understand that, you know, you might be comfortable, but I don't feel comfortable. So I'm not going to come. But I always like to show up to the table with some advice. And I feel like this person could find some really good articles right now about how people are catching COVID at family gatherings and send a few links to kind of back up their statement. (laughs) So that would be my advice because people can't argue with facts. (laughs) There you go. Bring the receipts. The receipts. Hell yes. So speaking of receipts, something happened yesterday. My arch nemesis, I know your arch nemesis is Charlie Puth. Mm-hmm. Mine is Scooter Braun. Oh, yes. And he sold my girl Taylor's songs again. <laughs> again. This man is unhinged. <laughs> I just, it gets under my skin so much, and I do have a lot to say on this. Before, we're going to tell, let's tell the Taylor Swift and Scooter Braun story. Like, he sold her music for $300 million to another company, another label, I'm pretty sure, and they reached out to Taylor and they were like, oh, we'll sell you your music back and we want to work with you, right? That's what happened. And then she was like, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, basically that, that is basically what happened. And then she, they were like, but you can never talk about Scooter again. Oh, yes. They were like, sign this NDA and he's going to get a kickback of this deal Mm -hmm. or anytime the songs are played he's still gonna get it and she was like yeah fuck that no thanks I'm still gonna continue re-recording my old albums and add to them and make them better than the originals yep and it hurts me because I love Ariana Grande I love Justin Bieber and I know that they both work with Scooter but it's like I just feel like this man is a snake there's something that doesn't sit right with me with him and his wife and their perfect family the way that she came after Taylor and the Swifties, like the wife, Yael, for speaking, Taylor was speaking her truth, and Yael came after her, and I know she's defending her husband, but just, like, stay out of it, first of all. This isn't your wheelhouse. Second of all, I am salivating at the idea that Scooter and Erica Jane are having an affair because I need this guy's whole situation. There's something, there's something there. There's something there. 
it's only a matter of time before the lid is popped off and I am just, I'm waiting. What is it about him? This is the same thing with the Charlie Puth. Like, what is it about him that gets under people's skin? I think the thing with Scooter that has always rubbed me the wrong way are his artists are always, not as much now, but they were always in trouble. And I didn't like him because I was a big Tori Kelly fan and he managed Tori Kelly and he like fucked okay. her over. Like I loved her voice. I thought she was great, but she wasn't problematic. Right. So that was an issue for me. And then I can remember watching Justin Bieber's first movie, Never Say Never or whatever it was mm-hmm. called. And Scooter kept saying like, we, instead of being like, oh, Justin, he kept being like, oh, we did. And I was like, yeah, you're his agent. And you also said you found him while you were scrolling through YouTube late at night, which we'll talk about later. <laughs> like, like there's just, oh, he just bugs the shit out of me. Yes, I know. There's something. And yes, I think you're right. There's this like pomp to him. And it's, I get he's talented, but I think it's also like right place, right time. And it's interesting that you bring up the problematic artist because he also, didn't he just sign Demi Lovato? Who's like he did. And consistently I'm, problematic. And I'm nervous for her because I'm like, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if somehow this engagement was like orchestrated by him behind the scenes somehow. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And then it clearly that- went the wrong way because Max Elrich is out of his fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> that, that kid, I'm still confused by what happened. Like all of, I remember seeing all of his IG lives and him like fake crying, (laughs) struggling for one tear to fall down his face. It was very odd. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Scooter again, turned that around. He's like, you're going to put a, put out a breakup song now, Demi. And she's like, Mm -hmm. okay, I guess. Capitalizing on the opportunity. Always. Always. I need the Erica Jane thing. I need it to be real. I do too. I don't too. know if it is, but it's so far-fetched, I believe it. One thing, I'm not a huge Ariana Grande fan. Like, I will never deny her talent. I think she's incredibly mm-hmm. talented. But I remember watching an interview and she was like, yeah, I didn't want to put this song Ghost on an album, but Scooter made me do it. And I, right then I'm like, see, he's the worst. And then even like yeah. Justin crying on stage every concert, Ariana crying on stage every concert. I'm like, is nobody else seeing this? Right? He literally, like, he drills them into the ground until they're so burnt out, they don't even know what burnt out is. Like, it's wild. That time in Justin's life, like, I I talk about it so much on Instagram that I'm so happy where Justin is now, but, like, that time in his life was so sad to watch, and I'm just very happy. I think it's the Canadiana connection that he has come out on the other side. But you're right. I do not think that that is in part to Scooter like I I think if he was comfortable to carry on with his tour and things like that Scooter would have allowed it don't you think I think COVID saved Justin Bieber's life I think if he Uh, went on this tour I don't I don't think it would have been good for him you're right that's such a great point because he was supposed to go out on tour and it was supposed to be a stadium tour but he wasn't selling that out so then they moved it to an arena tour and he wasn't selling those out and then they were like Oh, well, it's a pandemic. We can't have the tour. And I was like, you got lucky, Beaver. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Oh, man. <laughs> but What do you think? I posted this tweet today about how I could see Haley and Justin transitioning into, like, the future Chrissy Teigen and John Legend. And people, there's it's such a hot debate in my stories right now. I'm curious. I'm also interested in your thoughts. I just don't think they have enough personality. I feel like Justin Ooh. and Haley are so boring. And whenever like, <laughs> whenever I used to catch his like weird ass lives that he was doing in the middle of quarantine when he would just stare at the camera for like 15 minutes, <laughs> they would just like look at each other and like kind of kiss and then be like, mm, 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 and make like weird noises. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, and we're done. That's such a good point. They don't have a ton of, like, John and Chrissy have a ton of personality. Like, they just own it. Yeah, poor Justin has, like, some of the spark that he once had, because obviously his life has been privileged, but sad as fuck. Oh my god, so sad. These poor kids, they're still so young. I know, speaking of tweets and young people and all this stuff, (laughs) Scott Disick was spotted with Amelia... Amelia, I don't Hamlin. Know. Hamlin, thank you. I don't watch Real Housewives of OC no or Beverly Hills, whichever one it is. But yeah, so they were spotted together, and he's like 37, and she's like 19. And I tweeted this thing 
today, and I have a lot of great tweets. I'm kind of mad this is the one that went viral. But I tweeted, it looks like, or I tweeted, Scott Disick is grooming Amelia Hamlin. And a lot of people are mad at me. Like, a lot of people are not happy with me. But I'm curious what your thoughts are of the whole situation. And I'm not one to age shame. I want to say that. But 19 and 37 are very different. Okay. I have so many thoughts on this, and I'm so happy you brought this up. Thank you. Because... Again, I am not an ageist person. Like, we, we talked before we were recording. Like, I've dated older people, younger people. My parents are 10 years apart. But the thing that freaked me out, I woke up this morning and I went to bed seeing this alert on TMZ. And I woke up this morning and I was like, <clears throat> Amelia's 19. Scott's son, Mason, is 10. So Mason and Amelia are nine years apart. And Scott and Amelia are 18 years apart. So Mason is closer in age by 200 times, 200%, like, to his dad. It's crazy. And it's not okay. And it's a pattern. He dates, he dated Sophia yes. Richie. I'm like, yes. I know that, I don't know what the fuck's going on, but I'm going to say it's not okay. <laughs> and then in between Sophia and Amelia, he was taking all of these young models who are just less well-known to Nobu, and he would always be on Just Jared. And as much as he says he doesn't want the paparazzi, it was always backgrid shooting those photos, which we know are the ones that they call and they get the pre-approvals for. And the other thing, there's I have three, three points. So the first one is the Mason age gap is closer than Scott. The second point that I made that really ticked me off was this paparazzi point where Scott, they just aired this episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians in the finale that he doesn't want paparazzi and they're always there. And I don't know if it's him. I don't know if it's Kris Jenner. We all know she works hard. But it's like, those are Kris photos of him and Amelia. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't want the paparazzi there, like there would be series where your arm is coming off of her. Like his arm is comfortably wrapped around her shoulder. He looks totally fine. So I think that that was a setup. Like that to me feels confirmed, right? Right. I agree with we that. We can agree. Mm-hmm. And then my last point is that everybody, to people getting mad at you on Twitter, like everybody was outraged that Addison Ray and Kourtney Kardashian were hanging out. Addison is 20 or 21 and Kourtney is 40. Like, why was that such an issue? But Scott and Amelia dating, potentially sleeping together, is not like a non-issue. I I do not understand it. I don't know. And a lot of people are also saying like Lisa Renna would have planned this. I don't I don't follow her a lot. Do you have any insight on that? So Lisa Renna is very much, there's like a couple of things, right? Like she's very much, she loves being the center of attention without actually being the center of attention. Okay. I guess she likes being center adjacent. So, you know, she likes to get involved in metal on the housewives, but she never wants to talk about her own issues or her own rumors and own storylines. So I could see this being a nice way for her family and their name to be in the media without her actually being at the forefront of the story. So, yes, I could see this happening, and I'm pretty sure Lisa and Chris are friends, so maybe this is, like, a story they put together. I wonder, I I doubt we'll see a lot of it on Housewives, but what's interesting was that at the end of last season of Beverly Hills, Lisa was getting involved in story a a whole storyline with, who was it? It was Teddy and Kyle and Denise Richards, but there was all of this... There's this whole backstory about Lisa and her husband, Harry Hamlin, and a potential affair there. And Kim Richards, Kyle's sister, brought it up. And Lisa would not talk about it. And now Lisa's whole shtick is own it, own it, own it. But she won't talk about her own information. And I'm rambling, but my point is, yes. (laughs) I think she could puppeteer this to have her name in people's mouths without it being about her. I appreciated that ramble because, like I said, I only know her as, like, her dancing on Instagram, so. Yes, so, you know, turn that down however you need, but that was my long-winded answer. Yes, I think there's something going on here. I don't think this is true, innocent, organic love. One thing you just mentioned was backgrid. 
And I was trying to talk about backgrid, the paparazzi photos. And I was Mm -hmm. trying to tell people like, no, these are who celebrities, specifically the Kardashians, will pay to take good photos. And I was like, and if you want to get photographed, you go to Nobu, you go to Craig's, you go to, you know, different Mm -hmm. places. And they're like, no way. So I'm glad you confirmed that. I've confirmed that. And I've had multiple people like in the industry confirm that to me as well in writing and like so that's why whenever you see like kaya and jacob out for coffee i said this in my instagram stories a couple weeks ago because just jared like posted and they're like kaya and jacob leaving the healthy spot in west hollywood great and i'm like and he geotagged it and i'm like no celebrity wants you to geotag where they are and of course the photos were backward and i was like just Jared is definitely being paid for this. This oh, is definitely yeah. an ad. And Kaya and Jacob are probably getting a kickback, if not selling the photos as being at the healthy spot and being paid by the place too. So yes. And what do you think? It's a whole thing. What do you think of that couple? Oh, man. <laughs> I got to stop ranting. So I at first was like, I was like, oh, they're cute or whatever. And then I started... Do you know Lucy on the ground? Oh, yeah. I love Lucy. Yes. So (laughs) Lucy and I have gone back and forth because Jacob is just a clout chaser. He dated Joey during the kissing booth, dropped her, dated Zendaya, dropped her. Now he's dating Kaya. And we all know Kaya's parents had a little bit of an issue with the Pete Davidson thing. So this will clean cut her image. But it's always, I think it's always a PR setup and it's always calculated. Absolutely. I don't know, like, maybe they like each other now. I don't know. I think it was a setup. I think it's for PR. I'm not 100% sure. I think that they're in love with their cameras. They always travel with their cameras. I think they're in love with the camera more than they are with each other. (laughs) So I've thought everything that Kaya Gerber has done is for PR. Even the Pete Davidson thing, I thought that was very manipulative for PR because, and my my reason for that is because she's not Bella Hadid. She's not Kendall Uh Jenner. She's not Gigi Hadid. You know what I mean? Like, she didn't, she's very pretty, but she didn't have, like, anything other than her parents' name, I guess. Yep. And I was like, who's she going to get with? Pete Davidson, who everyone's going to be like, how does that weird looking guy get all these beautiful girls? (laughs) Big dick energy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then, of course, the Cara Delevingne stuff that was going on, that got cut off real quick. And then all of a sudden, she's with Jacob. Yes. That's so interesting. I totally blanked on that. But you're so right. There was that whole Cara thing. And it was like... Is she dating Kara? Is Kara dating Margaret Qualley or whatever her last name is? And like, are they in a throuple? And then very quickly, and I think Cindy and Rand or Randy, however you say his name, they're like very controlling of their kids. I would agree with that. I would agree. See, I'm so excited to talk to someone who speaks my pop culture language. Like, this is speaking so much- my language. We know it. We've studied it. Um. So one thing I did want to talk about was teen dramas because I'm a big teen drama girl. Other than Laguna the Hills, I watched them all other than Dawson's Creek. I will say I was a little bit too young and my mom was like, you can't watch that. Watch Boy Meets World instead. And I'm like, okay, that that works. But what were your go-tos when you were a teenager? Um, Okay, so I was very much into the OC and Gossip Girl were the big ones. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. and then Friday Night Lights, yeah. I loved. I rewatched it a couple years ago as well. I never got into One Tree Hill or Dawson's Creek. Again, I kind of agree. Dawson's Creek was like a little too mature for me. Like it was too, you know, and then, but Gossip Girl, 100% and the OC. And what's interesting, being in Canada, we don't have Hulu. And so I came here and you have the OC on Hulu. Mm-hmm. We don't have any way to binge it in Canada so I'm so excited because I'm like I want to watch it before I go and just like binge it every single day as much as I can and I can't believe that you have it there are some good things here not a lot but we have some (laughs) we have some positives it's wild to me I was like I've got like season three on box set remember box sets yeah (laughs) I can remember making my mom buy them and they were like 60 bucks such a rip like what if we had known 
what we know now. Oh my gosh. I wouldn't, what were your team dramas? Um, I would say the same. One Tree Hill, Friday Night Lights, Gossip Girl, The O.C. Like those four were all I cared about. I didn't want to okay. talk to you about anything else other than those shows. And if you were to be like, oh, did you watch the 90210 reboot? Which I did watch. I'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, aren't you watching better shows? Meanwhile, I'm like at my house <laughs> watching it like in secret. But <laughs> aren't you watching better content? <laughs> For the OC, were you more of a Ryan or Seth girl? Oh, man, I'm a Seth girl. I had a feeling. I'm a Seth girl through and through. I just, I feel like the way that I geek out on things, we just, like, you know, that, that character resonated with me. And, like, that brooding type was never my type. Um, but, yeah, Seth. And then the Chris McCaw. And he just wanted to sail. Like, I just, I mean, I'm a Seth girl. And in real life, when he dated, when now him and Leighton Meester, they're like my ideal. They did it for us. If they ever break up, I will need heartbreak days. Like, I will not be able to handle that. I'll need to take time off of work for sure. Yeah. I think Ryan Atwood was the first fictional character I ever fell in love with. I remember, like, I remember the pilot episode and them being like, Mom, I think I have feelings for him. And she's like, Kelly, he's not real. (laughs) Like, I mean, the pilot, like, those early stages of meeting Ryan and, like, feeling so bad for him. Like, that show was hard. When we, like, being young, I was like, this is hard. Like, it it felt like I was experiencing difficult emotions for the first time. Do you know what I mean? Like, Luke was so mean. And when they'd get beat up or the police were so mean to Ryan and then Sandy would have to come rescue him. And Kirsten didn't take to him right away. Like, you know, you just... Sandy Cohen, though, that for me, that's when I was like, I could get down with an older man. (laughs) (laughs) He was a hunk. I agree. I actually agree with that. I think the first dad who I thought was like super hot and it like confused me was the dad from Boy Meets World. Um, (laughs) Whatever his name is. Oh my God. Mr. Matthews. I was like... I'm just like so nice, you know? So understanding. He'll give me some life lessons. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay. I have a question for you. Yeah, absolutely. Watching the OC... And I didn't watch One Tree Hill, so you can um, jump in on it as well. But watching, going from watching The O.C. and then Gossip Girl, and I'm trying to think what else. I don't even know if there was this. Oh, I guess there kind of was this character in one, uh, Friday Night Lights. But, like, that Marissa Cooper, yes. Serena Vanderwitzen character that, like, you know, every time, like, a guy would court her that was so clearly wrong. And then, like, Ryan or Dan were like, that guy's not good for you. Like, remember Oliver? On the OC. That's and one like, of my favorite Marissa plot lines. Just like, yes, Marissa just like couldn't understand that he was crazy. Something about those girls being so dumb always irked me in those moments. <laughs> you know, I, I agree with that. I completely agree. And it's kind of wild. Like, I've rewatched the OC, obviously, since I it yes. first aired. And I'm like, Marissa was an alcoholic. <laughs> Like, can we talk about the fact that Marissa Cooper almost died in Tijuana and was a fucking alcoholic at 16? Yes. <laughs> and instead, oh my, my God. And everyone was just like, oh, she drinks so much. I'm like, she has a drinking problem. <laughs> she is a certified alcoholic. Get her into rehab. And meanwhile, and everyone's Julie like, Cooper's just off gallivanting. And Julie Cooper's like, oh, she's so upset about the divorce. It's like, yeah, but. Oh, my God. Julie Cooper is one of my all time favorite characters of any show, by the way. I fucking love Julie Cooper. Oh, my goodness. She was iconic. She was so, so good. So cold. I don't know how she did it. And like making out with old men, making out with Luke. She just yeah. Didn't give a fuck. They had and an escort service. Any woman that could pull off that, like, auburny red-brown hair color, like, with those highlights, copper highlights, who was this woman? <laughs> you knew they were there to fuck shit up. That's why those yeah. highlights are in there. <laughs> they this don't... is the best conversation I've had in quarantine. <laughs> 
they don't make teen dramas like that anymore, which really sucks. Even like I watch Pretty Little Liars and I was like, there's just something missing. And I genuinely think it's the alcoholic Marissa Cooper. Yes, I never watched Pretty Little Liars, but there's some, I think now we have to, and of course with reason, but people want to be so PC that it's hard to be like really harsh. I think almost on the extreme, you have euphoria, which is just super dark. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have euphoria, you have more like fluffy shows. And I don't, yeah, like they're definitely are not the same. It's just, it's a different time. (laughs) So um, real quick, I haven't met someone who loves Friday Night Lights and puts it in like their top three. So I'm very excited. Who was your like favorite few? It's hard to say like favorite character on that show, but I guess like top three. No, I have a favorite character. I definitely, my favorite character, and again, it taps into the Seth Cohen thing, was Matt Sarenson. I loved him. Me too. Really? I did not. I was like, he's so nice and he loves Julie so much. Like, what's wrong with her? (laughs) Julie was the worst character on that show. She was the worst fucking character on that show. The worst. She did not deserve him. I loved Tyra, too. Like, the two of them, like, because I thought I was emo in, like, in high school. I was like, ooh, I've had kind of a tough childhood, like, me too, Tyra. Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And I love Tyra and Landry. Like, I just, that, that show, I just, I love, I loved that show. It made me cry. It made me, like, feel so good and want the best for these fictional characters in their small town. Like, (laughs) ugh. In little Dylan, Texas. In little Dylan, Texas. So I just started watching The Bachelorette, and I've never watched any season of The Bachelor or Bachelorette before. And everyone was like, this is the wrong season to jump into. But Claire's kind of unhinged personality (laughs) is like what I didn't know I needed. Like it was almost (laughs) watching, it was almost watching like Joe Exotic, except in a dress, like not surrounded by tigers, surrounded by men. I don't know. It's just like the craziest thing. And then her and Dale on the couch, she's like babies. And he's like, yeah, babies. Oh my gosh. So like Claire and Dale, this is so, you know, Claire. So history on Claire, Claire was on this guy, Juan Pablo's season. Okay. She made it to the finals. He was a huge asshole. She ended up leaving before he like was going to propose or not propose or whatever. But like at the final row, she was like, I will not like the father of my kids would never speak to me like that, like in the moment. And Claire kind of had a bad rap at the beginning of Juan Pablo's season because she was nuts. She was one of those girls that was like the girl that was taking all of his time and attention and always had that, I know what I want. I know what I'm here for. I'm not here to make friends attitude. Mm -hmm. But then when she stood up to him, she really like won props from Bachelor Nation as standing up for what she believes in. And then she went on and was on like Bachelor Pad and Bachelor in Paradise. But then she did Bachelor Winter Games, and she ended up. Did you even? Did you know that this was a thing? No. <laughs> did you just see my face? One, yes. <laughs> For one season and one season only, they had they trialed something called Bachelor Winter Games, which they brought people from Bachelor Nation, both in America and internationally. So, like in Canada, we have the Bachelor and Bachelorette. Not anymore, but we had a few seasons, and like Australia. Germany so they brought people from international to live in a house compete in athletic activities and find love (laughs) it's like the challenge but make sure they all bang like that's what it sounds like yes and it was honestly one of my favorite like I wish that they had put it did not do well but I (laughs) wish that they had brought it on for another season I'm like the only person but Claire ended up like connecting with this guy who was on the bachelorette in Canada. He was a contestant. His name was Benoit. They didn't leave together, but then on the, after the final rows of winter games, they got engaged. And I went back and I watched clips and she's talking about the same things. Like I've never felt this connection before. I've never felt this wanted. And it's like, she's spewing the same shit with Dale. And so for, for this season, when she's the bachelorette, they totally cut out any storyline that she was engaged to Benoit. And I was like, it's because they knew it was about to happen. <laughs> like they knew it. 
Two weeks after Winter Games wrapped, they did after the final rose and they got engaged. She got engaged to Dale two and a half weeks after they started filming. The woman, she's she's wacky. She's so unhinged and I just, I kind of love it. And then I see like Dale and her singing to his sister who's in some sort of hospital facility. Yes, and I'm like, yes. I like them. I like them. I'm rooting for them. And I don't know what that says about me, but I have hope for these two crazy kids. Fucking unhinged, oh Claire. Wait, can I tell you some some potentially damaging news that just happened? Or do you not want to know? No, you can just... I want to steal your sunshine. Just break my heart. So, no, the only thing was, last night and this morning, as a result of something that happened last night in New York, Dale was allegedly seen kissing another woman, but then Cosmo today reported that he was wearing a wedding band. So now there's this whole thing where it's like, are him and Claire together? Are they married? Are they not together? And there's all these competing storylines. So we just have to wait and see. I want, like, I, I'm with you. Like, there is something about Claire that I love. Like, I want this to be it for her. She I needs it. I want her to find her happy ending so badly. She needs it so bad. She needs it so bad. Like, you know, like, I'm single and I'm like, Claire, I want this for you first. I'm putting my energy to you. Like, but I just, I don't know. I, there's too much going on in the zeitgeist. <laughs> oh, my goodness. She needs this. She needs this. And I also feel like they're just trying to take away attention from The Bachelorette now. So they'll just put whatever story is out there. True. I mean, this, as you said, this is not the season to get involved. It's a real train wreck. And I feel bad for Tasha now because she's, what, got four weeks to try and fall in love with these dudes that weren't even picked with her in mind. Like, I really like her, too. She's so pretty. She yeah. seems so personable. She's, like, making out with everyone first night, which I'm a fan of. She's amazing. I really, really like her. I wonder if they'd ever bring her back on for a second chance. For Winter Games? Oh, if they brought her on for Winter Games. Bring back Winter <laughs> Games. <laughs> so Please, <to> Chris Harrison. <laughs> tonight, The Sexiest Man Alive is going to be announced. And I have never been this, like, involved with it. And I think it's just because I have nothing else to focus on. So totally. my top three guesses, my top three guesses are Michael B. Jordan. Okay. Nick Jonas. Love it. Nick Jones. I don't know why Nick. Or your man, Chris Evans. Okay, so Chris Evans, people already posted on their Instagram that he was one of the men of the year. So okay. I don't think it's going to be him. Because they posted, since they, I think, stalked my Instagram, they posted Maluma as the first one. And I know, I know Lucy was like, a lot of people aren't familiar with Maluma, which I was offended personally. But Maluma was the first one they posted as the men of the year. And then Chris Evans. And so I don't think he'll be the cover but I think Chris is one of these guys, like a Ryan Gosling, where they want him to do it, but he doesn't want to do it. Okay, that's what so I figured. I am, I yeah. And Nick Jonas, I totally agree with, because even today, um, they said that they're announcing it on Jimmy Kimmel tonight, and so even today they said the person is a triple threat. And I think Nick is definitely a triple threat. He's acted, he sings obviously, and he can dance. And he's done Broadway. And he's on The um, Voice. Voice coaches always make voice. it. Yes. Somebody pointed that out to me, and I was like, you're so right. So, yes, I definitely think he could be a big one. And he's, like, got the whole story with his beautiful wife. And, like, you know, they've got their whole storyline of their beautiful love. Mm -hmm. Wink or not. I don't know. Um, and then, yes, Michael B. Jordan I would love. But I also put him in the Chris Evans bucket. I don't know if he's there yet. Okay. Okay. I respect that. He's also not a triple threat, really. I don't know. Can he sing? True. I don't know. I don't know. Great actor. But then, so triple threat could also be Will Smith. Yeah. And then I thought maybe Will or Lin-Manuel Miranda okay. could be one because he was supposed to have In the Heights or Into the Heights come out. Um, but yeah, Nick Jonas for sure, Lin, Will Smith, and Will Smith has the Fresh Prince anniversary reunion coming up. And I originally was like, could it be John Krasinski? But I don't think he's a triple threat either. Yeah, I think Will Smith's a good guess. That's Lucy's guess. That She she posted that. That wasn't me. I can't take credit for that. Yeah. <laughs> We've I, been debating this for days. <laughs> again, we don't have a lot going on. <laughs> no, but you know what? I'm not mad about it. <laughs> no, I'm not mad at all. So why is Chris Evans your number one, Chris? Oh my goodness. 
Okay, let me take you on... This is, like, so bad because I have to admit, up until the beginning of this year when we went into lockdown, I was, like, not that big on Chris Evans. Like, I had seen Not Another Teen Movie, and then he was in this movie called Before We Go, which was, like, an Ethan Hawke before sunset type movie. Do you know Mm -hmm. that movie? Yeah. Where it's, like, they spend all night together, but then they don't... They both are in relationships, and they leave, even though they're perfect for each other. But, so, I decided in quarantine I had only seen like Iron Man and Guardians of the Galaxy and I was like I have nothing to do I live alone like you said there's not a lot going on I was like I'm gonna watch all of the Marvel movies in order (laughs) why not wait including like including like um I don't know like Captain America Iron Man all all them I, I watched literally all of them it was over 44 hours of movies that's a full time job man Marvel And apparently this was a whole debate, right? So Marvel tells you to watch them in a particular order. So there's like a certain order, but then some people are like, that's not right. You have to watch it in chronological. And it started this whole hoopla, but I watched it in the order Marvel set. (laughs) And I literally watched everyone like Iron Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, Ant-Man, Ant-Man 2, like Captain America, Winter Soldier, Avengers. There's so many of them. But again, as I was was watching them, I'm like, these guys are fucking hot. (laughs) And so I started Googling all of them while I would be watching them. And like Chris Evans to me, in my mind, his public persona is like my twin flame. I'm just like, he likes to be alone. He has his dog. He like speaks out against politics and like advocates for his anxiety and his mental health. Like, I'm just like, we're the same person, which is why I love him. And that is truly what it is. And of course, he's so, like, physically attractive. But, like, he's not my actual type. Like, I like a more, like, olive skin tone, like, you know, European-looking guy. But, like, he's just, there's something about his personality. And then you start digging and you hear stories and everyone's like, no, like, there's nothing bad to say about him. He's such a good guy. And, like, he just wants to be in Massachusetts. I can't say Massachusetts. My friend tried to teach me. I'm sorry. Okay. No, I'm from there. I can help you. Please help me. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. There you go. So, yes. You know, he could be in L.A. during the pandemic, but he just wants to be at home on his farm or whatever with his dog. His brother pops in and out. Like, he's just an angel. I think. <laughs> I know. I know. There have been a lot of celebrity blinds about him. I don't know if you're familiar with celebrity blinds. What are they? They're no, like, I'm familiar with blinds, but what are the blinds about him? Oh, no. <laughs> that he allegedly has like a wild sex dungeon. I mean, I'm not. Oh, OK. The dungeon. I'm like, I'm not mad about this. We all saw the dick pic. He's sending dick pics to somebody. It's you. Like, it's you. I wish it was me. Like, I wish that this whole year could end with me being like, surprise, we're dating. (laughs) Well, I know you are on the Raya dating app. And if people don't know, that's what, like, beautiful and famous people get to go on to meet other beautiful (laughs) and famous people. So, I mean, Chris Evans could be there. I know. I've never, I've never seen him. Charlie Puth is on there. Not for me. I've never seen Chris on there. But I also, so... I have two things to this. Number one, I feel like he would be above being on it. You know, doesn't he just give off that like personality? I guess so. But I also thought like Ben Affleck would never be on it. So silly me. And there he was. But then I also I also wonder, is there like another app for celebrities that like we are not privy to? So it's like people talk about Ram being the one, but like. There must be another one. There has to be one. There has to be. Have you ever seen a celebrity that surprised you? On there? Yeah. No, I honestly have not seen a ton of celebrities on there. Like I've seen, I think Charlie Puth is probably the most famous one that I've seen on there. And what did that, how did that make you feel? Not good. (laughs) I was like, I'm sorry. I just, I don't even know, again. I don't know what it is about him that gets under my skin. Just, I hate him. I, I get it. I don't hate him. What's so mean? <laughs> you, well, it's funny because I am, um, since I moved to the South, I always say I hate things and people are like, you shouldn't say you hate him. And I'm like, well, I hate him. <laughs> like, yeah. You're like, but I do. <laughs> 
right. And another person there, like, you complain a lot. I'm like, I fucking love complaining. I don't know what you want yeah. me to say. Like, just how I do. Complain, complain about everything. Is that like a city thing? I don't know. I complain about every. I complain about exercising. I complain about walking. Like, simple things I complain about. <laughs> I know. I'm like looking at a lamp in my living room. I'm like, ugh, I have to shut that off. Like. <laughs> I have to close the curtains. This is so annoying. <laughs> just want to sit on the couch. <laughs> so going kind of backwards a little bit, back to the Chris's, okay? okay. My Chris okay. is Chris Hemsworth. I'm a big Chris Hemsworth gal. I, okay. I think he's just... Tell me why. Tell me why. So obviously he is God's creation, chiseled from stone. Um, Absolutely. But he, he also seems really silly and goofy, which I like. And I always see, like, videos of him making cakes with his daughters or, like, he just posted a video of him pretending to catch a golf ball on his head. And I was like, that's the energy I need in my life. Okay. I don't know what it is. Maybe he's, like, too good looking for me. And I don't dislike him. I just never consider him. Like, it's so weird. I even, like, I like Chris Pine, like, just because he's wacky and weird. Like, I put him before Chris Hemsworth, and that's so not correct. I know that. But you're right. Chris Hemsworth probably should be, if you think about it from, like, a criteria, he's got the body and the face. He's a family man. He's been with his wife for a long time. They have their little fitness app. They stay in Australia out of trouble. <laughs> out of trouble. He obviously adores his mom and his family. Did you see his mom's 60th birthday? Yeah. They have their little party. Like, you're right. He should be the number one Chris. But I don't know why he doesn't get the cred. I was going to say, if we... American? I was going to say, if we end this podcast and I have changed your mind about the number one Chris, like, Chris, that is all no. I need. <laughs> I, I, I don't, again, I don't know what it is about Chris Evans. I just think personality... I, he's just somebody I want to get blackout drunk with. Because I feel like he would be down to just pound beer and get drunk and sing karaoke, and that's, like, what I love to do. That's what you need in a partner. I get it. That's what you need in a partner. But you're right. Chris, I, I actually wonder if Chris Hemsworth is not the best Chris because he's not American. I don't know. People just love Chris um, Chris Evans and his dog. That's He has the I know, dog. The damn dog. Him and Dodger. I do love Dodger. If Dodger didn't like me, I think I would cry. <laughs> <laughs> Am I okay? <laughs> So this is what we're going to end with. And what's funny is I know you said you didn't get the whole Chris Evans thing until quarantine. That's who I was with Harry Styles. Once like quarantine started and I was kind of forced to stay in my house and just watch every music video ever created. I was like, Uh "Ooh, Harry Styles, he's kind of got something. And now even on Vogue, he's wearing a dress. And I was like, why am I so into this man? I'm like, I always thought, I like Niall's music. I think Niall's better looking, like all this stuff. But right now, Harry Styles really just, he's got a hold on me right now. Could he be sexiest man alive? So. (laughs) Sorry, that was a lot of thoughts. I 100% think he could be. But he just, because he just did that Vogue cover, I cannot see Anna Winter being like, you're doing the cover of Vogue and you're being Sexiest Man Alive. Like, I think it would make sense because he had that, like, Fine Line came out last year. He's up for Grammy noms. And I, if he doesn't get nominated for all of the Grammys, I'm going to be pissed because that album is amazing. Mm-hmm. But I can't see him being Sexiest Man Alive only because of the Vogue cover. That being said, he is a triple threat. And the timeliness of it works. So it could be. I don't know if he's too young. I don't know. I was just rambling, but. (laughs) No, I definitely think so. Look, I have a whole hairy boner going on. Like I walked to fucking Earth Bar three times a week because he was spotted there one time. And I'm like, oh, maybe maybe he'll be here today. (laughs) I'm spending so much money on these stupid iced coffees and he's never there. I guess, he's got something. Yeah. He's got something. And I mean, there are just videos of him like holding dogs while people go into stores and being like, I'll watch them. I'm like, okay, what the fuck? Why am I in love with you? Yeah. yeah, he's just, that's the other thing. So this also always gets me, right? When you hear the rumors and he's another one where you hear rumors that he's just such a nice guy. Like that tugs at my personal crush strings. 
And like, I got a lot of crushes, but he's, he's up there right now. I guess I lied when I said that was my last question. <laughs> clearly, clearly I love talking to you. And I love talking to you too. This is so fun. Celebrity crushes. What was, who was the first celebrity to make you be like, oh, I think I have like real feelings for this person. And it could be any age. It doesn't matter. Oh, so somebody asked me this question recently, actually, like on a car ride or something. My first real celebrity crush was Jonathan Taylor Thomas from Home Improvement. It was the first time in my young life that I had fantasized and romanticized about a life with a celebrity. And that's when I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Something's off here. (laughs) Was it all like, was your whole wall like Tiger Beat, JTT? A thousand percent. Yes. Like, Kelly, I'm not kidding you. I did weird shit. Like, I would cut out... I had, like, a shoebox that I would have, like, magazine articles of his or cutouts of his. I would cut things out from, like, different catalogs. Like, magazines that my parents would get from, like, the Home Depot. And I was like, oh, we could go camping with this tent. Like, I was nuts. (laughs) I shouldn't be saying this on the record at all, but you know what? I don't care because I just need you to understand, like, the the depth of this crush and the first time I had ever felt that way. And now you can track it back to me having a crush on Chris Evans and being like, Oh, his personality matches mine. We're so complimentary. Like I am unhinged. (laughs) I mean, I totally get it. So mine was definitely Brian from the Backstreet Boys. And I was like seven or eight. And I think he was like 23, 24. And I can remember like saying to my mom, I was like, I can't wait till I'm 24. And she's like, well, he's going to be like 40, so. But you know what? How do you feel about him now? You know, I still find him very attractive. I mean, he's. I'm great. You know, I'm a Backstreet Boys fanatic. I'm obsessed with them still. And I try and keep it a little bit below the surface just because sometimes it frightens people. And they can handle a Swifty. They cannot handle like an almost 30-year-old Backstreet Boys stand. Yeah. (laughs) I would have worn my t-shirt for us to film. We could have been at concert last year, two years ago in Toronto. They had like a, their reunion tour. And to be honest, Brian and Kevin, they're the ones I think they age the best. I agree. But I, I am BSB too. Like I love NSYNC, but I am like a BSB girl. I wouldn't even talk about NSYNC when I was young. I'd be like, who are they? <laughs> I don't, Mariah Carey, I don't know her. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, do you know Tearing Up My Heart? I'd be like, what's that? Like, second grade me just mean to everybody. I love that so much. <laughs> but no, I've seen them literally 13 times live. Like, I am a... Oh my goodness, you are an icon. <laughs> that is a real fan. Well, we will end on that note. Um, I had so much fun sense. talking to you. I want to have you on, like, every week just to chat. But where can I people know. find you on social? I know we said the One Last Thing podcast is out on every platform. Yes, so one last thing is on every platform. Find it, subscribe, listen, let me know what you think. And then follow me on Instagram, at Lex Nico. And I will say, I'm going to pump my own tires. My IG stories are where it's at. I do my celebrity roundup every single day at 5 p.m. Eastern. I'm usually late. And then on TikTok. TikTok, Pinterest, Twitter, all at Lex Nico. You can follow me everywhere. You guys should do it because she's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for 